The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. Take your Bible, if you would, please, and let's go back to the book of Matthew, chapter 17. Look at verse 14, and hear the recording we see of a man that comes to the Lord. Notice, if you will, in verse 14, the Bible says, And when they were come to the multitude, there came, it says, him, came to him a certain man kneeling down uh, to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. He's a lunatic, sore vexed. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire, often into the water. And I brought him, now watch it very carefully, brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? Now watch this very carefully. The Bible says, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If a man have faith as a grain of mustard seed, he shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence uh, to yonder place, and it shall Remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. And then he says this, Howbeit, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. There are some things that it's going to take more than just praying. There are some things it's going to take more than just you using your faith to pray, perhaps a prayer, several times. But perhaps it's going to take that which is also fasting. I, I never will forget the first time I, as a young believer, heard the word fasting. I did not know what it was. I was a track and field runner at the time. My pastor, uh, I, I went to my pastor and I said, I, I really believe that, uh, that uh, as you have told me, it would be good to go to Bible college for one year. I really believe that's what God would have me to do. And I don't know where to go. I don't know anything about Bible colleges. And he said, well, I've got three. I've got three. I've got three that I recommend to you. And why don't you pray uh, and fast, and God will show you. Uh, well, I was a track runner, and this is, this is the truth of the matter. I did not know. No, nobody ever took the scriptures and uh, set me down right after I got saved and said, I'm going to teach you about this, 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 and this. So I, I didn't know. I, I heard the word uh, pray, which I knew pray. I prayed as a lost man. And then I heard the word fast, and I knew that because I ran track and field. And so I got myself an honest uh, uh, what I did. I got myself a little stopwatch, and uh, I... Uh, I started it, and I knelt down, and I spit out a prayer as fast as I could. Fast, fast, as fast as I could. Then I hit the stopwatch, and I'd get up, and I'd look at it and say, that was pretty good. That one must have reached heaven. And I learned to pray fast. And I thought that's what it was all about. I, I thought that that's what he was talking about, honest. And, uh, and it was not. And so uh, when the Bible talks about the word uh, fast, it's talking about a time where we abstain uh, from food, a time where we perhaps would go on a water fast. Uh, today you hear about different ones. It's going on different types of juice 
fast. Uh, it's a time of abstaining from those things, if you would please, to be able to focus on directly what God would have you to do. If you were to use the word fast in a world that is not familiar with that, uh, they would think maybe to do something speedily, as I thought, uh, maybe to restrain something by tightening it down fast, uh, or maybe to firm up something by holding it fast. Uh, but in the Bible terminologies, uh, we understand that God is talking about the way that we ought to fast, okay? Uh, it was Dr. J. Harold Smith. Dr. Smith wrote a book, I think the best book that was ever written on fasting. Dr. Smith was formerly a physician, and then God called him uh, into the ministry. And so he covers in that book the way to biblically fast and also how healthy it is for you to be able to do that. He did say this uh, in a sermon one time. He said, I look at the spiritual lethargy and the coldness and the deadness which characterized our churches today. And he said, I have to ask my question, why? Uh, what can be done about it? Why is the church becoming so passive and lethargic? He said, I personally uh, have an opinion. My opinion is this. If a person would spend time biblically fasting, it would renew their vigor and their energy for serving God the way God wants them to serve in and through the local church. Now, I, I believe that was a very good statement uh, by him. So let's talk about it tonight, about that which is fasting. Uh, notice on your papers, I handed it out tonight, statement number one, uh, Old Testament reasons for fasting. Old Testament reasons for fasting. Uh, to express a, a deep morning time, if you will. You'll remember over in 1 Samuel chapter 31, verses 12 through 13, that you'll see that there is uh, uh, these uh, vigilant men that's going to rise up and they're going to go all night and they're going to find the body of Saul and they're going to find the body of his sons that was there nailed to the wall. Now what did they do? They took them down and of course they'd already been burned but they took their bones down and they buried them under a tree and then the Bible says that they fasted seven days. So sometimes a person will fast because they're mourning. They're mourning. Sometimes a person will fast because they're trying to avert that which is God's divine wrath. You remember the story of David, Second uh, Samuel chapter twelve, verses sixteen through seventeen. The Bible says that David therefore besought God for the child. David fasted and went in and lay all night upon the earth. And so David was praying that God would change his mind and that God would not bring judgment upon his household. Uh, sometimes a person will fast because they want to express that which is forgiveness. They want God uh, to be able uh, to forgive them. And so they, they fast in repentance, if you will, or, or in sorrow for sin. Uh, Jonah is the case there. Jonah chapter 3 and verse 7, the Bible says, and he caused it to, and proclaimed and published that through Nineveh, uh, by the decree of the king and the nobles, saying, it says, let neither man nor be nor herd nor flock uh, taste anything and let them not feed nor 
drink water. And so there was a fast that was proclaimed during the days of Jonah. So you have an Old Testament, some Old Testament reasons. Now, they're not the only reasons, but there's some Old Testament reasons for fasting. Statement number two, there's some examples of the Old Testament in fasting. I'm just going to read you the scriptures. I'll let you take time to look them up. But some examples of Old Testament prayer and fasting. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20, verses 3 through 5 as an example. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 3 through 5. Uh, you'll find out in Nehemiah chapter 9 in verse 1. Nehemiah chapter 9 in verse 1 gives some examples of prayer and fasting. Daniel chapter 9 in verse 3. Daniel chapter 9 in verse 3. I'll give you just one more. have several other listed here. But Joel chapter 2 in verse 12 makes it very clear. Joel chapter 2 and verse 12 makes it very clear that in the Old Testament, biblical fasting was practiced. Now, let me give you this. There's the wrong kind of fasting. And I want us to take our Bible, if you will, and look at Isaiah chapter 58. And uh, we're going to see in Isaiah chapter 58, we're going to see, uh, starting in verse 3, uh, some of the wrong reasons why somebody fasts. And in that same chapter, God is going to give us the right reasons. Uh, why a person ought to fast and so God first is going to list the wrong reasons to fast then he's going to state the right reasons to be able to fast uh, in uh, Isaiah chapter 58 verses 3 through 5 we'll look at verse 3 the Bible says in Isaiah 58 verse 3 says wherefore uh, have we fasted they say and thou seest not all right so sometimes a person will fast and and this is the wrong kind of fasting the wrong kind of fasting sometimes a person will fast uh, to be able to display uh, uh, in front of God uh, to see them in other words they're trying to put themselves on display in front of God that's a wrong reason to fast uh, to show God uh, how uh, mm, righteous you may think of yourself that's a wrong reason so these are the wrong kinds of fast or sometimes uh, it, it's it's merely if you would please afflicting their souls afflicting their souls when we lived in Brooklyn New York uh, during uh, that which was the Easter time, we would go down to the Flatbush area, and in the Flatbush area, we saw this many times over the cobblestones where a person would be taking the, the cat of nine tails that had sharp uh, things on the edge, and they would be beating their backs, beating their backs as they crawled on their knees across those cobblestones. Uh, that what they were doing, they were paying penance. Okay, now can I tell you nowhere in the Bible does the Bible teach that a Christian ought to pay penance? But here's what we see uh, a person will fast because they merely uh, want to afflict their souls Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 3 the Bible says uh, Wherefore it says we have afflicted our souls that thou takest no knowledge And so they're punishing themselves because God's not answering their prayer stay with it now They're punishing themselves. I know believers that do this they're punishing themselves because God is not answering their prayers when they want God to answer their prayers so they're punishing themselves they're they're making themselves feel bad they're putting themselves under pressure they're conducting themselves in such uh, religious era uh, that it is causing bodily harm and then we see for personal pleasure uh, and I want you to notice a couple of things in, in this portion of the verse the Bible says behold in a day your fast uh, ye find pleasure so here's a person that finds pleasure in fasting 
I mean, they just do it because it's pleasurable. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know too many of those. But uh, there are those that do find pleasure when they do fast. But I want you to know something else in this verse, because we're going to bring it up later. Watch what it says. It says, behold, in the day, in the day. Well, how many hours make up a day? Talk to me. 24 hours. So whatever we're going to read here about this fasting, contextually, in this particular chapter, can happen in 24 hours. So let's read what they're doing in that 24 hours. It's not right. It's the wrong kind uh, of fast. But, uh, and then we're going to see what the right kind of fast, but keep in mind, 24 hours. Okay? Uh, the Bible talks here uh, uh, to exact full labor. Uh, the Bible says in Isaiah 58, verse 3, to exact full uh, it says all your labor now what's that mean that means to express yourself in labor that means to earnestly give something all right uh, sometimes a person will wrongfully fast for strife or debate strife or debate Isaiah chapter 58 verse 4 the Bible says behold ye fast for strife and debate now watch the wording in your Bible it says ye fa uh, it says ye fast for strife and debate in other words, uh, they're fasting, if you would please, to prepare themselves to enter into strife or to enter into debate. Now, can I tell you, you ought not to fast so that you can prove your wife wrong. You ought not to fast so you can prove your husband wrong. That's not the right reason to fast. Watch this, Isaiah chapter 58, verse 4. The Bible says, Behold, ye fast, it says, for strife and uh, debate. Then it says this, uh, to smite with uh, the fist of wickedness. So I guess if you did not get the wisdom, the knowledge, the intellect, the instruction that you wanted by fasting to prepare for strife and to prepare for debate, I guess the next thing you do is you hit somebody. It doesn't sound like it's a godly thing to do. Uh, the Bible says to make God hear their voices. It almost reminds you of those that were the prophets of Baal. They cut themselves, and they would bleed, and they would offer their sacrifices. They were hollering at God, uh, shouting at God, trying to get God's attention. Almost reminds you of that. The Bible says to make, uh, if you would please, uh, God hear their voices. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 4. The Bible says, and ye shall not fast. It says, as ye do this day, it says to make your voice be heard on high. So as we fast, a wrong way to fast is you fast and you're walking around a room somewhere. You're not eating and you're shouting at God like he's deaf. Well, that's not the right way to fast. The Bible says that they bow the head uh, in bulrush. In bulrush, what are they doing? They're pushing forward. Uh, it's like they're earnestly wanting something, but it's not the way that they're supposed to receive it. If you back God into a corner, God is not going to come out pleased. Uh, Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 5, the Bible says, uh, Is it such a fast that I have chosen? Now watch the wording again. A day uh, for a man to afflict his soul. Uh, is it to bow down his head as a bulrush? All right. And then uh, here's what they do. They sit in sackcloth and ashes. The Bible talks about in verse 5 again. It says they spread of sackcloth and ashes under him. Uh, wilt thou call, it says this fast, this a fast. Wilt thou call this a fast? Uh, and acceptable, here it is again, day uh, to the Lord. 
So again, we're talking about a 24-hour span. And God said these people that was going to do a fast in that 24-hour span, they're not doing it right. Now, we do understand this, statement number next. We do understand that uh, some things are too big just for prayer alone. Uh, example about the disciples the disciples came and of course uh, that boy uh, was a lunatic that boy if you would please was possessed of a demon and so what happens is they come and they try to cure him if you will they did not and so Jesus reprimandedly says to them uh, that these things come but come not but for that which is fasting and prayer well doesn't that make sense 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4, the Bible says, For our weapons, uh, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, the Bible says, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Oh, wait, through God. You mean if I'm going to pull down strongholds, it's got to be through God? Here it is, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5, casting down imaginations. You ever let your imagination run wild? You ever do that? Ladies, you ever home at night by yourself? Uh, husband's off deer hunting. And all of a sudden you hear all these things in the other room. You hear things upstairs. You hear somebody walking on the roof. Yeah. You uh, uh, hear somebody whispering outside the window. Of course, the wind was blowing, but you hear somebody whispering outside the window. Now, now don't let your imagination... I mean, here, the devil will trick your imaginations he's a tricker he is a deceiver he knows trickery he'll deceive you into believing something that's not true casting down imaginations as the Bible says and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ so we have to remember that uh, when a person, uh, uh, when you're going out soul winning, when you're going out trying to reach people with the gospel, can I tell you, the devil doesn't like that. And the devil will cause you to imagine things that is not even there. The devil will cause fear, but my Bible says that God's not the author of confusion. My Bible says uh, uh, that God doesn't give fear, but he gives power and a sound mind. Now, so we understand that when fear comes, it's not God that put it there. It's not good believers uh, that put it there. When you imagine wrong things, that's the devil coming after you. I wrote this down, that Satan fights against every soul being saved. I think, I think, uh, more, more against that person that has a great potential for God, he fights them harder. I really believe that. Uh, I believe that the devil doesn't want people saved that are highly educated, uh, that have people skills. I think the devil fights even harder. You know why? Because they could, uh, they could gain uh, uh, ground, if you would please, against that which is wickedness, and he himself in high places. All right. Now, uh, you, you know the story of Lot. To me, it's a shame. Lot was an educated man. Lot was a, a man, if you would please, that knew how to build a business. He knew that. Uh, he was a, a man, if you would please, that could keep things in order. Uh, evidence of the fact his herd grew to be almost just as large as his uncle's Abraham herd. Then the herdsmen started to fight one against the other. 
So Abraham says to Lot, look, you choose which way you want to go. Again, as I emphasized Sunday night, uh, Abraham knew that God was going to bless him. It didn't matter where he went. Uh, you know, God was going to bless him. And so uh, Lot chose the well-watered plain of, of uh, Sodom. And you see that later on he went down into the city. If you do a Bible study, you'll find out noteworthy that he stayed there for 20 years. During that 20-year time that he was there, uh, here's what God said. He said now uh, to Abraham, well, you know, if there's just 10 righteous people, and if you do a Bible study and you add it up, there was Lot. There was his wife. Uh, Lot and his wife had two daughters. Uh, they had, if you would please, uh, their two sons. You'll see also in the Bible that it mentions that he had two other sons. You'll also see that he had two other unmarried daughters. Well, if Lot would have just reached his own family, God would have saved, if you would please, preserved that which is Sodom. But Lot didn't even reach his own family. Isn't it a shame that uh, here he was and he knew uh, exactly what he should have done, but he decided not even to do it. I'm saying this, I, I'm saying that, uh, uh, that uh, uh, there's that uh, uh, reasons to be able to fast. You see reasons in the Old Testament. You'll see that there's some examples God gives us in the Old Testament of prayer and fasting. You see there's the wrong kind of fast. And then you see that there is uh, that which is uh, uh, some things that are too big just for prayer. Let me give you another statement. Uh, fasting should be kept private. Uh, don't be like those that are uh, the Pharisees, the hypocrites, if you will. Uh, put on a religious garb, go outside, paint your face, let everybody know what you're doing in your private world and walking with God. The Bible says in the book of uh, Matthew, chapter 6, verse 16, Moreover, it says, when you fast, uh, be not as the hypocrites. The Bible says of a sad countenance. And they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you uh, that they have their reward. So don't just come out and say, well, this is what I'm doing. I'm fasting. I've heard people say that. They braggadociously say, well, I tell you what, in a pious way they say, I can't eat something this week because after all, hmm, with their shoulders stretched up broad, uh, I'm fasting this week. Well, you're supposed to do it in private. You're not supposed to broadcast it. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 17, the Bible says, But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head, wash thy face. Of course, we wish you'd do that every day. That uh, thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Oh, look at verse 18. It's a simple uh, rephrasing of what we just read in verse 17. The Bible says, but thou, it says, uh, 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 but thou appear. It says, not unto men to fast, but unto the Father which is in secret. Then thy Father shall see in secret and reward, uh, shall reward thee openly. So God says we're supposed to do it uh, secretly, privately. Now, let me tell you how uh, God honors fast, fasting. Statement, uh, look at it, if you will. God, uh, a God-honored fast, a God-honored fast. We'll look at it. Now remember a day, a day, 24 hours. This is what could happen. God names what could happen in 24 hours if you fast biblically. Here's what he says. You can loose the bands of wickedness. You have problems with wickedness in your heart. You think the wrong thing. 
you know, you entertain yourself by viewing the wrong thing. Uh, you have wicked thoughts in your mind that just corrupt your soul on a day-to-day -day basis that you just can't seem to break. They just keep coming back over and over. You got a relative like that? Here's what God says. You can loose the bands of wickedness. Isaiah chapter 58 verse 6 the Bible says is not this the fast that I have chosen so he got done telling us in the first part of the chapter this is not a fast that honors me don't fast this way this is not the reason to fast this is not the way you should fast and then he's coming down in the same chapter he said now that I told you how not to do it I'm going to tell you how to do it the Bible says it's not uh, this the fast that I have chosen and he says to loose the bands of wickedness. Uh, you have somebody that's involved in wickedness. Uh, maybe it might be drinking, smoking, doping, whatever the case may be. Well, you know, maybe it'd be a good time to fast for them. Maybe you're having trouble like that. Well, you know, preacher, you know, I just can't break the habit of smoking. Well, maybe you can't, but God can. Well, I got one amen. Thank you. Statement number next, to undo heavy burdens, to undo heavy burdens. The Bible says, it's not this, the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness. Now watch this, it says to undo the heavy burdens. You have a heavy burden. You got a heavy burden for a child. You got a heavy burden for a spouse. You have a heavy burden because you're a financial dilemma. God says, here's what I can do. Just in 24 hours, just in 24 hours, he said, I have the ability to undo the heavy burden. Now watch this. Uh, to let the oppressed go free. Let the oppressed go free. Uh, uh, Isaiah chapter 56 and verse 6, Is not this the feast that I have chosen? Uh, loose the bands of wickedness to undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. Oh, something else he does. Uh, to break every yoke. Break every yoke. Break every yoke well there's been times where I fasted and prayed for people in this church that was in wrong yokes and I prayed earnestly I said God you know that's not right you told me in your Bible it's not right so God break it you say you pray that straightforward well sure oh there's been times I get along with the Lord I said now God look you said this in your Bible I read it now you said it I didn't make it up. I didn't read it in a fairy tale book. I read it in your book. And I, God, I know you're a just God. I know you're a holy God. I know you're a right God. I know you're not a lying God. So God, I pray on the authority of God's word that you do this. Oh, you say you ought not to pray that way. Well, you don't have to. I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm saying that there's been times, I, oh, when I went into evangelism, I'd take bills, and I'd, I'd get alone, and I'd take bills. I said, God, we got this bill, and you know, man, I just preached in that church, and they gave me uh, hardly any love offering whatsoever, and I got bills to care. I didn't choose to go into evangelism. That wasn't my choice. You put me there. God, if you put me there, I'm just letting you know as one of your children, I expect you to take care of me. I expect you to take care of my dear wife. It'd be a shame for people all over the world to uh, see a preacher starving to death and a wife starving to death and children starving to death. You don't want that testimony. 
I mean, you'd rather us go around saying, boy, look what God did. Look what God did. Woo, God's been good to us. Now, Father, wouldn't you like that testimony better? And I'll tell everybody you did it. <laughs> but first, you got to do it. Hello? Well, he tells us as his children, we're supposed to trust him as, as our father. And it's something, you'll trust somebody else more than you'll trust God. And you'll be more honest with somebody else more than you'll be honest with God. But God is the one that changes a heart. You know, there's not a creature under heaven that God can't change. Did you know that? There's not a rebellious child anywhere in the world that God can't change. The problem is we don't believe him. We don't trust him. There's not a cantankerous church member anywhere, anywhere in any church in America that God can't break. Not one. Now, I'm saying this. Here's what we understand. He says to break every yoke uh, over in uh, Isaiah 58, verse 6. The Bible says, it's not this fast I have chosen. He says to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy uh, uh, burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Now, watch this. He says to give bread to the hungry. To give bread to the hungry. You know, you find this out if you really fast, if you do a biblical fast. Somebody says, well, I can't fast very long. You'll find out if, 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 uh, if you're like I am, when you get past that third day, you're just not hungry anymore. Now, I'm telling you, up until that third day, you don't want to just eat the pizza. You want to eat the box. <laughs> I mean, everything you smell, you want to eat. But once you make it past that third day, then you'll lose all of your hunger pains. It says to give bread to the hungry. You know, you could do that while you're fasting. Uh, and, and by the way, he's only going to do it for 24 hours. There's the character of a real Christian. So here he's feeding those that are hungry while he's hungry. It says, uh, uh, it is not to deal thy bread. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? Uh, he says to restore the poor. The poor to restore the poor. Uh, from thy house. So you're going to restore people. <laughs> Here's what I find that to be true. Whenever you fast, it, you, you begin to take your eyes off of you because you realize you're not the important one. But your dad's the important one. Your mom's the important one. Your brother's the important one. Your sister's the important one. That other church member's the important one. All right, uh, Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 7, he says to deal bread to the hungry. Thou bring, it says, the poor that are cast out, watch it now, into thy house. Wow, that means that when you fast, you'll stop looking down on somebody because they don't have what you have. It causes pride to start to go out the back door. It says to clothe the naked. Uh, Isaiah uh, chapter uh, 58 and verse 7. The Bible says, when thou seest the naked, uh, uh, it says that, that thou cover him. So uh, you, you start to get more compassion for people. To reveal thyself, it talks about to the relatives. Uh, Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 7. The Bible says that thou hide not thyself from thy own flesh. You know, when you're fasting, you know, you're getting close to God and you could care less about what your relatives think about you. You could care less. Well, you know, they might think that I'm, 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 I'm crazy. Well, they thought the Lord was crazy too. You'd be in good company. 
All right? And so, uh, but you could care less about them. All right? Uh, the light starts to break through. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 8. The Bible says, Then shall the light break forth in the morning, and thy health, watch it, thy health, watch it, thy health shall spring forth speedily. I, now, I, I'll be honest with you. I know people that have fasted and they've had poor health, and God begins to restore that health. Now, I can't explain it all. You go read a book about it. When it comes to uh, uh, understanding all the medical aspects of it. But we know here in the scriptures, the Bible says that he'll restore the health. You, you ever do this? Uh, after you fast for a while and it rests it rest your heart. Uh, your blood pressure comes down. Your heart becomes more relaxed. After a while, you're able to think more clearly. Just because there's a biblical fast. So there's the, the promise of health. Uh, it says that the health shall spring forth speedily. There's the promise of righteousness. And thy righteousness shall uh, go before thee, and the glory of the Lord shall uh, be thy re reward. Now, uh, that reminds you of Moses. You remember how Moses came down from the mount? Remember that? He came down from the mount, and the Bible says that his face did shine. Now, when did it shine? After he fasted. All right, now watch this, uh, and I'm done. Uh, prayers will be answered. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 9, the Bible says, now sh uh, the Bible says, then uh, shalt thy call, it says, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, I, uh, here am I, here am I. So you're not feeling lonely anymore. You're not feeling like you're destitute anymore. You're not feeling like you're forsaken anymore. The Bible says, if thou take away, it says, from the midst of thy yoke, and putting forth the finger, it says, it says, and speaking uh, vanity. Now, so he tells us how to be able to get answered to prayer. Now, where's it all go back to? It goes back to that uh, lesson that he's teaching the disciples. Matthew chapter 17, verse 21, he says, uh, how be it this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting uh, you'd be amazed if you and God agree and you fast how God will answer prayer how God would answer prayer you'd be amazed if you and God agree and you're not praying something unscriptural you're not praying amiss you're not praying if you would please to consume upon your own lust your own desires that is you'd be amazed what God could do you'd be amazed what God could do uh, you remember Hezekiah, probably my uh, most favorite one in the Old Testament that walked with God in such a way that uh, when it came time and he was diseased in his body that he turned his back to all mankind and he turned his face to the wall and he prayed and he fasted and God gave him 15 more, not days, but years. Yeah. Oh, you remember the Hebrew boys? And they said, now we don't want to take, we don't want to eat what that king is telling us to eat. We don't want that. We don't want that. We don't want to drink what that king tells us to drink. We don't want that. We don't want that. And so they, what did they do? Uh, they decided to follow the pattern of God. And the Bible talks about, yes, as they were in the fire. Oh, there wasn't, there wasn't just three. There was four. And the fourth was likened unto the Son of God. Now, I'm saying this. I'm saying that uh, when, when you take God literally at his word, 
I worry about people that try to dissect the Bible and they say, well, I read it that way. You really think God meant it? You say, what is that? Stupid, that's what that is. <laughs> the same God that created the world gave you a book. You think God meant it. Now, can I tell you, God meant every word. But can I tell you also, if you want to get close to him, you're going to have to do it his way, not your way. You're going to have to come to him his way, not your way. And let God be the one that helps you to get close to him. Father, bless would you pray. Thank you for tonight. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.